Hi, my name is Elise, and welcome to I Try Podcasting, the podcast where I try things and talk about them. And sometimes I just try forming full sentences because that can be hard. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of I Try Podcasting. Today I have a very special guest, my friend Claire. Now, Claire is a journalist. She's also like a sports expert in my opinion. I don't know anything about sports, but she's also one of the funniest people I know. I follow her on Twitter and I think all of your tweets are just gold. Even the ones I don't understand, I'm like, I bet you that's funny. I'll back that up. My tweets are very funny. So yeah, thank you for the endorsement of something I already knew. And Claire also loves Twilight, so it's a good match. (laughs) I'm actually, I need to do um, another Twilight rewatch soon. Me too. It's been like six months and I just feel like if I don't watch it every six months I kind of lose part of who I am same I really need to rewatch it really yeah, bad I noticed it was they were doing a marathon I think on space there's some channel out here so I caught oh, wow. tail end of Breaking Dawn part two and I don't think I've ever actually seen the full thing all the way through so I was like you know what I the last that. Breaking Dawn I don't think I ever have I watched it four times in theaters like the week it came out see I did that with Twilight mm. but by the time Breaking Dawn like part two came out I was kind of over it yeah. But like in all my rewatches, I don't think I've ever, I think I forgot there was a part two or something because people talk about it and I don't yeah. remember it. And I like, I don't think I've seen the full thing all the way through. So I, I think it's do. the most wild one. You have to watch it. They definitely steer away from the books too. Like there's a surprise ending and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. So I'm definitely going to, but like if I'm going to watch it, of course, I'm going to watch one through four first. Watch the whole thing. Gotta, you know, beef up on the lore. You know what I saw on TikTok today that was so funny? It was, I think Jersey Shore was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and they did a sketch and it was the Jersey Shore cast like doing a Twilight spoof. I need to see that. I'm going to send it to you. Snooki is Bella and it's so good. I'm, I was literally crying. Oh my God. Like, oh, Snooki is Bella. Honestly, they should just remake the movies and like have them be the actual actors. I think Yeah. as much as I like Stu and like, you know, huge Tay Lautner fan and Robert Pattinson, everything he does is gold. But like, I would, I would love to see a remake with that. DJ Polly D is Jacob Black is truly something else. Truth. Oh my God. I can, I can hear it in my head too. With their little Guido accents. It's so funny. Truly like the two most important parts of 2010 culture put together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All they need is just to wear boots. If they were all wearing <laughs> Uggs, it would be like 2010 in a nutshell. It would be complete. Should we talk about how we met? I honestly can't really place it. Um, so I kind of remember it. I remember it was some some party we were having on like our floor in Perth Hall, which is what my residence was in first year. And I was on the FIMS floor, which is the Faculty of Information and Media Studies, which we were both in. But you yeah. were at O Hall. But you had made friends with a couple of the people on my floor. And so you would come over because we were having a FIMS party. And I think it was first semester. So I was still, I was in lacrosse season. So I was coming back from practice or going to a game or something, but I very briefly met you. We added each other on Facebook right after that. That definitely makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I remember everybody being drunk and I was like sober cause we had a game coming up and I was just like, I'm not in the mood for this. I can't deal with this today. Yeah. Like I'm going to go and be with my team or whatever it was I was doing. But I just, I remember that because I remember nobody remembered meeting me. And people were coming up to me because as well, that first year, um, I was away for lacrosse so much. And it was towards oh. like November. And people were like, oh, like, are you here with Elise? I was like, no, I live here. I like, actually, no, I've never met that girl before. Also, we took media law together in third year and fourth year, or was it second year and fourth year? Third and fourth year. 
That sounds right. But I think we studied together quite a bit in fourth year. Yeah. Well, you were in the third year class with me. Yeah, yeah, I was. There are two distinct things I remember from this class. It was one, the professor brought a guitar and like played music for us one time. Do you remember what night that was? No. Because I remember that so specifically. That was the night of the American election when we realized Donald Trump was going to win. Oh, really? He was like, like, I don't feel like teaching you like, and he played protest songs. Oh, see, I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I remember remember that because I was coming. I think it would have been after lacrosse season. Um, that I was at home watching the results come in. And then mm-hmm. I went to the class and I remember texting my friend, Pam, who's also in the class being like, get your ass to class. We're not learning. <laughs> just playing protest songs. We're just jamming. <laughs> yeah. And then he was telling us about how he like got into law because he's actually a musician and like, honestly, top 10 prof at Western. Yeah. Was- I actually do remember him saying he was in a band and all this stuff. And then he like became a lawyer, like super late in life. For those who don't know, I don't know if we explained this, but yeah, I think Claire briefly mentioned it. We went to Western in their media information and Technoculture program, MIT, which is just kind of a media studies program. And it, it's, it was, it was a weird program. I think I remember the first class, like the first MIT class I went to was John Reed's first year class. And we watched Black Mirror and we watched that prime minister guy like a pig and that was like welcome to university yeah I remember he was the John Reed class was like during a week when we had our orientation we went to a 25 minute lecture from him and the big like I've got a picture of it somewhere um but the first slide that was up was this is a big deal yes my daughter teachers are swearing like being so that's so cool and then went to one of his actual classes and it was the big episode and I was like this is not cool I'm really <laughs> what what have I done we all just got traumatized our first weekend and I was like I should have gone to Carlton like I know it's like I should have studied business yeah like um maybe this is not maybe my mom was right maybe like this isn't a career yeah like, Netflix in class okay and sorry the last thing I remember from our uh media law class is this girl had a uh support animal an emotional support dog or something. And I didn't realize until the last class, like I never knew that there was a dog in the class the whole semester. I don't remember that, but yet, like I kind of remember that. I feel like there was one, but I don't, did, was it like, was it a golden retriever? No, it was like one of those little white dogs. Oh, you with know the, the ones? Yes, one of those yeah. little white dogs. And I was like, how can there be a dog in this class for four months? And I never realized, not also, one time. Like, why is that an emotional support dog? Like that dog needs emotional support itself. I've met these white <laughs> They're anxious about everything. They just shake. They just shake. Like, I don't know, maybe that would make me feel better, honestly. Being like, oh, yeah. as well, I'm stressed <laughs> out. Like, oh, we're in this together, little dog. Okay, should we dive into the topic of this podcast, which is sports? I yes. want to disclaim that I know nothing about sports. Uh, I know a little bit about hockey because I played it as a child for six years. And I know about baseball because I played softball. Uh, but the other sports, football, basketball, I don't understand them. I don't know the rules. And I just, I've never Googled it. I don't know. I think sports are important and I'm like not hating on sports at all. I've just, I like things that are like trashier, you know, reality TV is my thing but I respect sports. So I'm excited to learn more about them. I mean, like sports aren't so much about rules as they are about vibes. Like mm-hmm. I've played lacrosse since 2012. And if you ask me to name a rule, 
I'd be like, I don't know. I just do the things I don't think I should be doing. And then my dad get calls against me. Like, you know, it's just kind of the vibes. How you feeling? It's okay if you don't know the rules. You can just okay. watch. And be like, oh, yeah. All about the vibes. And also, sports are like the trashiest thing on the planet. Like, if you follow the lives of these athletes, it is just as good as reality TV. It's the best. And especially with like the bubbles that we've been having because of yes. COVID. We've just been getting all sorts of crazy storylines of just players like like I know there was um apparently I think it was in I can't remember what NHL series this was but it was in the playoffs and the two teams had to go back to the same hotel and there was only one elevator and apparently they had to like stagger it so that the two teams wouldn't cross right after they had just played to, like avoid any like conflict like that's straight out of Jersey Shore that's a playbook <laughs> right there like I tried to Google. <laughs> before like when I was doing a bit of research for the podcast I tried to google like prostitutes coming into the NHL bubble and I couldn't find anything so there is a rumor um, right because yeah I heard this rumor so I was trying to like find a verified source and I couldn't find anything so there was a rumor going around Twitter um and it would have been the first round because it was the Canucks goalie so both of their goalies got hurt I believe or yeah they're both of their goalies got hurt so they had to bring in their third stringer so normally what happens especially in the playoffs is you have your starting goalie they play all your games. If they get hurt, then their backup goalie comes in. But both goalies had gotten hurt, so they had to bring in a third stringer who would normally be playing in the minors. Okay. His name was Thatcher. It was Thatcher Demko uh, playing for the Canucks, and I he got like a shutout or he got the win. Like in his, it was like his NHL debut or his playoff debut. Played amazing, stole oh the and then apparently the whole team then got fined that night because they snuck in a bunch of strippers so they could celebrate his first playoff win with him. They're like, we'll take the fine. He deserves oh this. He was that the Zamboni this. driver team? No. So the that's the Leafs. That's my oh. team. <laughs> we love the Leafs. We love to hate the Leafs as a Leafs fan. Um, yeah, that was that was almost a year ago now. That was in about February. And the other the same thing happened. Um the other team that they're playing, which was Carolina, had both of their goalies get injured. But when you were outside of the bubble, you only carry two goalies with you. Um, so that's like a crazier story than what happened with Thatcher Demko and the Canucks because they were allowed to carry a third string in the bubble. The, the Carolina Hurricanes just didn't have a goalie. So oh there's gosh. this system called the emergency backup goalie in the NHE bug. And it's essentially a random person that they go, hey, if you want to go to the game for free, bring your goalie <laughs> there in case both goalies get hurt. It never happens. Just go to the game for free. Well, this guy goes to, he was actually the Marley's Zamboni driver. So he worked for the Leafs organization. Carolina's both get injured. So David Aris has to suit up and go in net. A champ. Again, like steals the win for them. So embarrassing as a Leafs fan because he's <laughs> out there. Because it's not like he's ready to play. And he's an employee of the Leafs. So he's out there in a Carolina Hurricanes jersey with the Leafs helmet on, Leafs pads, like he's all blue in the pads, but he's got a red jersey on and he's playing against the Leafs and getting a win. And it's even more embarrassing because like as the Leafs, as any Leafs fans know, uh, the backup goalie position in Toronto has been not strong. We've had some real stinky poo-poo players, pardon my French, uh, in that position that have not been good. Oh my gosh, like who? Um, so we've had Michael Hutchison who like, like typically... To be successful in the NHL, you want to have about a 9-10 save percentage, which is just the percentage of shots that you don't let in. He had like an 80 or something, which is like not good. We had Garrett Sparks for a few years, who was a really highly touted goalie prospect who just didn't turn out. He didn't pan out. Um, we've got, we had a, like a rolling door of goalies who played like one or two games. Like we had Jonas Enroth, who just sucked. 
we had Michael Norbreth signed to a PTO and then I had to let him go before he even played a game because he was just out of shape. He like, just it's, sucks. Been, it's just been, it's been bad. And then Carolina goes into the MLSE staff room, picks out the Zamboni driver and he gets them a win. Like it was just so embarrassing. And honestly, I get upset. I get really upset thinking about it because they should have won that. I can hear the heat like coming. <laughs> like it's, it's genuine pain. I remember that night I was like watching it and I could not believe what was happening I was just like of course they're gonna lose this game like this you know anyone who follows the Leafs knows that like they're they're bad but this was just cherry <laughs> on the cake like this is so bad like I when people chirp me now I go like dude I know I, I don't have a defense for this team like I just don't I know I I don't think I've ever seen my dad like in more pain than when the Leafs lost it was like game seven against Boston one year and they were like three like three goals ahead or something Oh God, that was 2013. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, no team had ever blown a 4-1 lead in the playoffs and they had yes. a 4-1 lead in the third period. And I'll never forget, I think like boss. So to like set the scene a bit, none of my friends in high school liked hockey or the Leafs had been bad. They hadn't made the playoffs in about 10 years. Like, I think it was like 2004 was the last time they had made the playoffs. 2013, they just sneak in the playing heated rival Boston Bruins. You know, they shouldn't have even made it to seven games. I've got all my friends over at my house. They're all like excited because it's game seven. We're going to start watching hockey with Claire. It's 4-1. We think they're going to win. Boston makes it 4-2 with like 10 minutes left to go. My dad stands up and he goes, they're going to lose the game. No. And I was like, dad, like, don't be such a negative Nancy. Like, come party with us. Like, we're going to have so much fun watching them close it out. And then it's 4-3. And then it's 4-4 and it's going to overtime. And then it's 5-4 Boston. And I sat stone just like stone still like a statue so quiet with all my friends and none of them ever watched hockey again I just remember my dad was like screaming he was so excited he was like singing songs like dancing around he was wearing like the maple leafs flag as a cape was just so excited and then it got so somber and he was just sitting there like what and I all I swear he like almost cried like he was devastated it was a mess the happiest I had ever been to the saddest I had ever been really quick and like and my dad came in and he didn't watch the rest of the game after he got up and he just came in and looked at all my friends and went like I told you how does he know and then and then like if that's not even the worst part because they've played Boston twice since then and they've gone to game seven twice and they've lost in game seven twice since then there's no defense for this Leafs team it's so confusing because I feel like the Leafs have like the most passionate fans out of any NHL team and they're the worst how does that happen it's because well for a while there for like 10 years where they didn't make the playoffs and especially in the Harold Ballard era, like it was more focused on making money. Mm. So like these, these fans, they're super passionate, but like, you know, in other markets or fan bases, if you don't perform your fans leave and then you don't make money, but the Leafs are the most valuable franchise in the NHL. The Rangers are the first, like they're just, they're a team where it can suck year in and you're out and the fans like they will still show up to games and they will still sell out the Scotiabank Arena. You know, they're, they're going to make money no matter what. And so a lot of the times they've had different owners and different GMs, you know, try and cut corners. This is the best Leafs team. Like right now, the current roster, because uh, today, January 3rd, was the first day of training camp to start, get ready mm-hmm. for the new season. It's probably the deepest and best roster that I've ever seen and like maybe ever. Like even my dad's excited and he watched the Leafs win a Stanley Cup on a black and white TV when he was like six years old. Oh, which is like sad that it's been that long, but like, you know, he's like, he's so excited. He's seen all these great Leafs teams. He saw the 93 team that almost went to the Stanley cup finals. Like 
he is he is so in on this Leafs team, but this is our year. Okay, I'm excited then. Don't hold me to that when they inevitably lose. I know, I'm going to play that sound clip when they do so poorly. Yeah, do it, honestly. That's like the one thing about this like lengthy COVID offseason is that it's giving me time to get hope again. It's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. I'm, I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited for the season to start and they're probably going to lose their home opener. And I'm immediately going to be like, this team sucks. I hate this. Why did they do this? Like such a 180 immediately if they lose the first game. For sure. I feel like I don't really watch it on the TV, but I have been to a few Leafs games like at the arena and it's always such good vibes. Like it's so fun. Yeah. Like honestly, sports is just all about fun and vibes. It's all about the fun and the vibes. You know, people like, I can't get into it. There's rules, like all this, but I'm like, baseball is my perfect example because I have a lot of actually watching baseball on TV because the games just drag on. But I love going to baseball games. It's probably my favorite sport to see live because you're you're outside and you're just yeah. drinking beer. Yeah, like it's, it's just it's honest. The vibes are immaculate, and like I'll never forget. Uh, I used to go to wedding games all the time because my friend was in a club, and she would get like lower bowl tickets for like twenty mm-hmm. bucks. Oh damn! And like just so London Knights games, like those are some passionate fans. And I remember bringing my brother to a game once, and there was like this row of just drunken idiots in front of us just like screaming like nonsense and then there was one dude two rows behind us who would try and join in but it was like he was so different from them and he was like drinking wine out of like a long stem glass and every time he would like (laughs) chirp the um like the guys were all drinking beer and were super drunk in front of us would get like so excited and like give him high fives and then he would like twirl his wine and go like the wine talking and I'm just like like just such different vibes but they were getting long at the sports game I know. I feel like there's almost nothing like when the entire crowd is like doing the wave and you're a part of it. It just, sports brings people together, you know? The wave is very controversial. That splits people apart. There's a very anti-wave really? movement within the sports community. They're like, oh, it's childish. And I'm like, well, we're watching grown men skate on ice shoes, like shooting a puck around. I, this is childish. I agree. Let's do the wave. It's fun. It, you know what? It totally is. One of the best goal songs in hockey history, in, in my personal opinion, <laughs> is um, Hey Baby. So the Canadian World Junior team a few years ago, when, when they actually won the gold, they made Hey Baby the, the goal song. So every time they scored, the whole crowd would get up and do like the Hey, Hey, Baby dance. Oh, I love that. And it's like super intense and gets you fired up because it got the crowd into it. And when the crowd's into it, like there's nothing that gets you more fired up than the crowd being oh, into it for sure when they won the gold and they played hey baby it was just like so much fun because like everyone was just so happy and just doing this little dance and like Aww. oh loved it we love that loved it earlier you were talking about how sports can be trashy and they can have drama oh yeah so are oh, you on tiktok yeah. you're on tiktok right I am on TikTok. Um, I've been taking a break this last week because I my phone usage went up like so much over the mm-hmm. kind of Christmas New Year. Break. So just on TikTok, and I was like, I just need I to cleanse a little. Bit. But I am I am very much on TikTok. Yes, to long windedly answer your question. Amazing. Okay, so I came across Puck Bunny TikTok, and it is so good. It's so good. There is this one girl. And it was like the song that goes like body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Do you know that song? Yes. And every time it said body, it was like a new NHL player that she had slept with. I was like, damn, girl. I love that. Yeah, no, Puck Puck Bunny, TikTok. And like there's a kind of a similar movement on Twitter of like Puck Bunny Twitter. It's so, it's so trashy. Like right now, the big drama on hockey Twitter is do you Mm -hmm. know who Paige Lorenz is? No. Okay, so essentially she used to date 
Kasperi Kapanen, who used to play for the Leafs. And they, broke, they would like, they would like break up and then get back together like multiple times. And we all thought that that was a lot of drama. And then a couple of months ago, she went on like this huge Twitter rampage and like started making fun of the Leafs fans after she broke up with Kapanen. And now she's Army Hammer's new girlfriend. Okay, who's that? Army Hammer is, he's the Winklevoss twins from the social network. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Captain was like shit talking Kapanen. It was just like, oh, like, I think he's not a very nice. And it's like, whoa, like, okay. The tea. It's always piping hot in the NHL. And yeah, like just, oh man, there was um Sean Avery once got suspended. And this is like 10 years ago, but he got suspended for making comments that NHL players were always going after his sloppy seconds because two other NHL players ended up getting married to two of his ex-girlfriends and then there's like Marty Brodeur who cheated on his wife with her sister and is now married (gasps) to the sister no allegedly I want to see a tv show about that that's what I want like people always like NHL players are so boring and it's like because you just listen to what they say you pay attention to what they do I think there should be a show instead of the Real Housewives, like the Real Puck Bunnies of Toronto. Oh, yeah. Like, and like Hockey Wives too, and like Hockey Girlfriends. Yes. It's a cult. I swear to God, they get like matching jean jackets. Like, that's a cult, in my opinion. They're all dazzled with their like boyfriend's names on it. And like, they bring their little children with like matching jean jackets as well. And I'm like, this is weird. I thought it'd be fun. While we're on hockey, we'll we'll get to like like another sport later. While we're on hockey, I thought it'd be fun to pick out some players that I think are hot. And then Claire can tell me stuff about them if she knows who they are. Uh, I just want to um, disclaim that I don't actually find hockey players that attractive. It's not my type. Like I've never, I feel like seen like a dude in the wild or like a guy on Tinder who plays hockey. And I'm like, He's the one. Honestly, that should be applied to most guys. Like, once you realize that men are just mostly some guy, like, you know, they're all pretty average. (laughs) Every hockey player just looks exactly the same. If you don't like one of them, like any of them. Exactly. So I usually just, like, steer away from them. But I did find some cute ones. Um, Okay, Miles Wood. Yeah, he's for New Jersey. Um, Therefore, he is irrelevant. New Jersey is irrelevant. Okay, trash moving on. Sidney Crosby, obviously, he's, if I, like, could pick any hockey player that I have a crush on, it's always been Sidney Crosby, but, like, when he first started out, you know, he's been, he's, the concussions have hit him, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, he's kind of cleaned it up, and he's got, like, the century, like, he's got the quadzillas going, he's got, like, apparently, he has to get his jeans custom made. Oh, damn. He's got a huge ass, and he uses it. Great hockey player. I hope he gets another cup. Cannot wait to see him at the next Olympics playing with Connor McDavid if they get to go to the next Olympics. COVID, please f*** off so that we can see that. I know. Is he still playing for the Penguins? Yeah, he's going to retire a Penguin. There's no way that they're going to sell him off. Like, he'll he'll stay there for the, his entire career. This guy, I don't know. I, like, Googled uh, hot NHL players, and I just picked some that I thought oh. were hot. Brian Dumoulin. Brian Dumoulin. He is an ice hockey defenseman, according to Google. Oh, he plays for Pittsburgh. If he's a defenseman on Pittsburgh, their defense is not great. <laughs> so we'll say, like, I mean, it's still the Penguins, so he's probably all right. But uh, so far, there's not a correlation between hotness. and No, I didn't think there were. I feel like there's probably more correlation of, like, how many teeth they're missing and if they're a good player. That is absolutely a fact, especially on defense. If a defender's not missing teeth, they're no good. They're trash. They're trash. <laughs> okay. They're trash. Travis Dermott. 
Oh, tra- Travis Dermott. Oh, he's a leaf. Yeah, he's he's the one leaf I picked. Yeah, so he's just um he's just signed to a new contract. And like I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. So he's still he's a year younger than we are. No, he's our age. He looks like such a little boy. Like I just thought I want to like pinch his cheeks. He's so cute. He is so wholesome. Such he's a so kind cute. boy. And he yeah, he didn't look like the rest of them, you know? He looked he looked cute. He still got some hope in his eyes because he wasn't there for those like game seven losses. He's there for a few of them. But like he's He's not been crushed by the Leafs yet. Um, I think he's got huge upside, though. Like, I think that, you know, this year is a make-or-break year for him. He's got to learn to play. He's a left-handed shot, but he needs to learn to play on the right-handed side to kind of be of use to the Leafs. Um, but if he can do that, like, he's going to be in their top four for a while. Like, I, I really see a lot of upside on him, and I really hope he stays a Leaf because he very clearly wants to be, and he loves playing there. I just, like, love to see him take the next step in his game, and this is going to be a big season for him, so... I'd like to watch him. I'd like to watch him skate around the ice. He's so much fun to watch too. There's a great picture of him like in his NHL debut or it's the first NHL goal he scored. And he's got the big, he's screaming. Like you can tell he's just screaming with joy. He's like, ah! <laughs> so excited to have scored his first goal. Like he's just a who genuinely plays because he loves the game, which makes him so much fun to watch. Really hope he stays a leaf. Really like this guy. Me too. Me too. Okay, yeah, that's all the, the hockey players I picked out. Conclusion, hotness has nothing to do with your ability to play. It's interesting that you picked, like, all Canadians, too. Did I? It was, like, all North American players. Oh, yeah, I just, like, it's sent the list. Knows, like, the real cuties are the Swedes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I was watching part of the draft, because um, my dad was watching it, and um, there was, like, a cute German. Oh, is it the guy with the bow tie? Yeah, I think he was wearing a bow tie. Yeah, that's Seidel. Uh, he's going to play, or Seidel, um, he's going to play for Detroit. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a little bow tie, and he was like, his name's Moritz, and he's so happy to be drafted, because he was like a big upset, too. He was supposed to go, like, later on in the draft, and he went out, like, eighth. So he's yeah. so happy, and, like, just the biggest smile with his little bow tie. I'm like, you're just the cutest, man. He's like, so cute. You're adopted into my family, like, come to Sunday dinners. Oh, for yeah. sure. But yeah, no, if I can give you some homework, I suggest you Google Gabe Landeskog. I've been told that he is the cream of the crop. I'm going to look at it right now. I've been told his nickname is Gabe the Babe. Okay, I get the vibe. Well, all the Swedish players look kind of the same. They're, like, blonde. Yeah. And have, like, a little bit of, like, a shit-eating grin. It's like, he looks mm-hmm. like Taylor William Nylander. Yes, yeah. I yeah. can see that. William Nylander, who, by the way, sometimes when you take a picture of him, I look at him, and I'm like, if Gritty was a human, that's what he would look like. <laughs> I like, love Gritty. Gritty is absolutely an anarchist. I love that during the American election in Philadelphia, he became like a symbol for anarchy and like democracy. They had like these weird <laughs> people dressed up like banging drums and like like scaring off like the Proud Boys. And then the guy actually, <laughs> the guy who's in the costume, he got reported to the police allegedly for punching a child in the face. <laughs> Nobody, nobody was like, oh, the guy who plays Gritty. People are like, Gritty is being charged by police for punching a child. It wasn't like the guy in the costume. It was yeah, it's like, like Gritty. arrested for assaulting a child, allegedly. I think it was disproven. I think he ended up doing it. Like, honestly, if that happened to me, like, I would pay to be punched by Gritty. <laughs> I wouldn't charge, like, file charges against him. Like, what a privilege to be punched by Gritty in Philadelphia. Honestly. That's what we should all aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> to get punched by Gritty. If anyone doesn't know, he's a mascot and he's just like this like monster. Yeah, like so the inspiration for Gritty came from like Jim Henson, the Muppets, and kind of those kind of yeah, creatures. definitely Muppety. And they were they literally said like we want something that represents Philadelphia, so here is a ginger monster. 
and he's <laughs> like if you know your mascots you know like the philly fanatic is this the best mascot in sports and he's always doing kind of crazy stuff but he's baseball so they wanted a kind of equivalent in hockey for philadelphia he looks like a up the old montreal or i guess up is still the canadian's mascot but like it looks like if that mascot did coke yeah he he has crazy energy like super chaotic energy this man like they had pretty like streaking and then there's a there's a picture of him running streaking and there's like cops chasing him iconic they their social media person definitely needs a raise oh absolutely yeah whoever was like had a fever dream yes i feel like they were on drugs like you had to be on drugs to come up with that yeah absolutely because the thing is is it was so funny when they announced this mascot everybody hated it within like an hour like i was i was on twitter being like i hate this this is so disturbing this is so upset and then like and then he got a twitter account and it was just it me and it was like him with the kim kardashian ass or something like that i can't remember what it was but within an hour everyone's like no this is the best thing ever like gritty my favorite like the flip totally switched on gritty within an hour and i got to watch it all on twitter yeah because if it if it was like serious and not a joke it would be very different but it's it's just become like a huge meme and the people who run it do it so well yeah because it's not ever old they're always doing something new that's like gritty's back at it again like I'm never like, oh, I'm sick of this dude. Every time I'm like, more. I need more gritty in my life. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, when you see brands and or um, companies that try to do memes and it's old and it's so uncomfortable and you cringe. Yeah. It's like never that with him either. Yeah. It's never like, oh, what up fellow youth? It's always just so in with like what's going on. Yeah. So on point. He's just always doing something chaotic. <laughs> the, um, the New Jersey Devils had a mascot incident that was like gritty level of chaotic. Mm-hmm. it's not <laughs> planned at all mm-hmm. um their mascot ran into like a sliding glass door and shattered was the person okay like in the costume <laughs> i don't know then the video just kind of lies there um, <laughs> but he's like with kids playing with kids and they're all cheering and then he like runs into a glass door and it just shatters that's kind of traumatic for the kids that were there honestly i'm more chaotic mascots in 2021 more chaotic yeah. mascots. here for that the leafs i feel like we can use a a revamp it's a polar bear, right? Yeah, he's a polar bear. And like, he's just, he's there he's walking around and he's all happy and he's got his little drum at games and it's cute, but like, he needs to do more. You should start like, I don't know, like mauling other fans. I would like that. <laughs> Boston. That's what we need. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up for hockey now. Claire is very passionate about women in sports. I always think women representation in anything is good. Claire writes for Pucker Up Sports. That's a little blog that covers the Leafs and it's all it was founded by a woman everyone who writes for Pucker Up across all our chapters all women everyone go follow that Pucker Up Sports Pucker Up Sports give it a follow got lots of quality hockey memes as well as good articles with solid analysis by yours truly and the whole idea of just making sure that other people can see because you can't if you can't see it you can't be it is a big thing that mm-hmm. people say in sport if you can't see women covering sport you know, you can't be it because you don't know you can aspire to be that. And so exactly. it's so important just from a visibility standpoint, even like to just have women be the face of the game. I would also love to see more like women sportscasters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tara Sloan's a good one. Really love her work. And she sits down and she talks with like women in sport. And today she had Carolyn Ouellette and Julie Chu, who are two former. So Carolyn Ouellette's a former Tana captain. Julie Chu is a former Team USA captain. They're actually married now with two kids which is hilarious because that's not even that that's happened. Like there's so many Canada USA couples out there. 
and they coached together. I sat down with them and she talked to them about, you know, the NWHL and the PWHPA labor movement and kind of the state of women in sport. And I think they're kind of doing that instead of hometown hockey, but it's like, it's been great representation and like good solid work about women in sport via women in sport for women in sport. It's a big year as well for women in sport, actually. My dad was telling me that the NBA had the, like a first female coach recently. There's been a bunch. So like, if you want to go with female coaches and female firsts in the MLB, they have their first female GM. The NFL had their first female coach in a Super Bowl game. They've got a coach in the uh, MLB now as well. You know, they've got the first player agent in the um, NHL. And then they, we had Sarah Fuller in NCAA a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And that was just so much fun to watch her. And like, honestly, could not have asked for a better person than Sarah Fuller to do that. Because the way she handled herself too, she had a squib kick, which is essentially, it's a short kick that goes along the ground. So it, it doesn't look very impressive when you're watching it. And she had all these guys kind of interventions on Twitter being like, you can't kick, you can't kick. But she's actually a soccer goalie who just won a championship with Vanderbilt a few months ago. And so she was posting clips of her kicking it like the full field, being like, just going to leave this here for no reason. And it's her just rocking like a full field kick for like an assist as a goalie, which is like the best person to kind of handle that situation because she was yeah. just confident and just so like, I'm not going to engage with you, but like, here's a little something for you. She really did handle that really well. Like I followed some of that and I was really impressed. And she was so well-spoken and like spoke mm-hmm. so visibility and how like I did it you know if you're a girl who wants to play football you can do it too and it's been so much fun like I don't know if you're getting the same TikToks as I was at the very least but like all these girls who are in high school who are soccer players who decided that they wanted to be football kickers yeah I actually saw a bunch of those TikToks and it's like oh Sarah Fuller did it so like I'm gonna try it and they do really well and like they're great mm-hmm. kids and I just like you know, some of these girls might end up joining their high school teams, like might actually make a difference and maybe be a full-time player instead of just emergency player like she was. Like, it's so exciting to see. It really does open up so many more opportunities too. Because, you know, you don't know what the opportunities are until someone comes out and says, hey, this is an option. I feel like a lot of girls don't grow up thinking that sports are like a viable career option for them because when you're watching sports on TV, unless it's like in the Olympics, it's usually male sports. And like, that's such a problem too, because there's great, phenomenal women's sports leagues. And they did some analysis. So the the first team sport to come back in North America was actually professional women's soccer. And they had amazing viewership. And unfortunately, the only reason why the NWSL, the Women's Soccer League and the WNBA got playing time was because their, their male counterparts weren't playing. They came back first. But once it got that exposure and people wanted to like saw it because they were willing to watch anything at that point, they saw it's a good product. It's, it's entertaining sports. And like, you can't tell me that you like hockey if you don't watch women's hockey. And people argue that it's a lesser quality product, but if you're going to watch the OHL, like how is that any different? You're watching the lesser quality product than the NHL anyways. Yeah. Why not watch Olympians, women's at like female athletes. Like if you like, hockey, you're going to appreciate this game, you know, exactly. And say that you only like men's hockey because you only want to watch men. Like at the very least be upfront about it, in my opinion. No, I agree. Do you think we'll ever have women in the NHL? We already have. So Manon Rayom, well, she played an exhibition game, but she has played. You know, I like to think that we can't can have women in the NHL, but at the same time, like we shouldn't aspire. Women shouldn't aspire to play the men's game. They should want to have an equal league because, you know, like it, it gets kind of dicey when you say like, okay, well, like Sarah Fuller, you know, she could play in the NFL. And it's like, well, what about women's football? Because especially I know in Ontario, they've got a great women's football development league coming out right now kind of just in its infancy and like there's great there's great options but if you don't give them attention you're never going to see them so you shouldn't aspire to men's sports being the be-all end-all because 
women's sports have the same kind of ceiling, same potential to be just as entertaining and just as high quality. But we just, we got to start shining a light on them. We have to start paying our female athletes better. I saw something and I was shocked. It's like very difficult for professional female athletes to make a, like a living wage. I know in the NWHL, most of them have to have full-time jobs. Yeah. You know, cause they, it just, it's not there. Um, and a big part of that too is corporate sponsorship. So like these corporations need to buy in. We need to pay these women. And like, there's the whole uh, women's soccer team in the US, the whole controversy where they get paid less than the men's team despite the fact that they've won more World Cups. And I don't think the men's soccer team there has ever won a World Cup. And they actually do draw more revenue through viewership and jersey sales and all that. So like at the end of the day, like that one's just pure sexism. They should be paid more because they do more, if not at the very least get paid equal. We do need to start paying. And especially, you know what? When women don't have to work a part-time job in addition to training, they can focus more on their training. Oh, 100%. And the game and the skill go way up. Because they'll be able to focus on it like their male counterparts do. They'll be in the gym eight hours a day every day. Exactly. Instead of, you know, commuting for their two hours, sitting in their office. You know, unless you're an Olympian, that's just not feasible right now. Everyone watch your women's sports. Boost those numbers, prove that it's feasible. Are there certain, like, women's teams that you love? Which ones should we be watching? I personally, like, in terms of quality of hockey, I prefer to watch the PWHPA, which is kind of a controversial thing to say. Because they're the labor movement kind of against the NWHL. Um, they're not really a league. It's kind of just, you know, tournament style kind of exhibition games. But in terms of talent, like they've got all the Olympians. They've got Marie Philippe and like Natalie Spooner. So I know for $30, you can buy a subscription and you can watch all of their games. Oh, wow. Um, really exciting. Um, but I am really excited about the NWHL this year. There's a Toronto expansion team. Oh. And everyone should follow the Toronto Six on Twitter. They are absolutely killing the social media game. Like, if you think my Twitter is funny, like, this Twitter is so much more funny. Like, the, the NWHL social media game in general is just, just so funny. Like, the teams just chirp each other. It's so personable. They tweet their fans. Like, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I'm really excited to see how they do, especially because there's a Boston team. And Boston actually owns both Toronto and Boston. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Toronto-Boston rivalry continues. I don't really follow basketball like I'll watch the Raptors so I don't really have an NW or a WNBA team uh with women's soccer I've been watching a bit of Portland because I believe that's the team that Christine Sinclair plays for there's obviously there's teams that you can watch but I'm not going to tell you to watch them because they're not my teams so I heard and I only know this because I follow David Dobrik but Los Angeles they just started a women's soccer league or something yeah so there's actually a huge amount of controversy with David Dobrik that I was seeing on Twitter a few weeks ago because he purchased a share in the team. Yes, for his assistant Natalie for her birthday. Yeah, and so that team, it's an expansion team and it's got more owners than any other team in the league. Natalie Portman, like Oprah or something, like crazy. Yeah, like all these teams, like they all have shares, but there's teams like in Utah that are about to fold because their owners can't afford them. So it's like, it's great that, you know, we've got all these people supporting this like women in sport, but you got to also support these smaller markets too. It's, it's not really a net gain um, if you gain, gain a team and lose a team, you know, like you're not in progress. You need to be building constantly. You can't just neglect the smaller markets. It would have been, I don't know if Chicago is a smaller market, but I know that's where they're from. It would have been interesting to see him buy a share in that team. Well, and they've got a team and they've got a good team too. And especially supporting your hometown markets, because like, it's not like in Toronto where like Austin Matthews, you know, he comes and he plays here for the season, then he goes back to Arizona and that's where he lives because these women also have part-time jobs. They, they stay in these communities and they, they 
sleep, work, and play in these communities. They're there because like part of it is because they want to be there. Like they, they are just as much from that community as you are. And so like, it's honestly, it's a lot more fun to sometimes cheer on for those teams because like, they're really, they're really playing for the name on the front of the Jersey and not just the name on the back because it's their community. They're proud to be there. Support your local women's teams. And even if it's just like, like in Ontario, they've got the uh, provincial women's hockey league, which is like their equivalent of the OHL support those teams. Yeah. The OHL is so well supported in these smaller communities. Like I know I have a friend who used to play in Barrie. Aurora has a team. Um, I know, I think Toronto, North York, North York only has an intermediate A team, but like there's like one, the London Devilettes, um, great team. That's such a fun name too. I love that name. I know. I did a little video for them when I was doing my master's at Western and it was so much fun because they get so excited when you come out and you with the cameras because they're not necessarily always used to it. These are great teams. And like the London Devilettes too had multiple players. They had at least two players on that team that had just won a U18 international gold medal for Canada. Oh my goodness. And they played in London. No one's at the games. It's like, these are future Olympians you could be watching. Go support your local, like provincial women's hockey. I don't remember what the acronym for the league is. There's so many acronyms, but support them. Like it's worth it. That should be one of everyone's new 2021 New Year's goals for women in sports, local women in sports. And like, honestly, who doesn't love to be snobby when they discover something before everybody else? Go watch one of these like junior teams. And then four years from now, or six years, I guess, if we're on the current Olympic cycle, when they're at the Olympics, be like, hey, I watched her in a barn in small town Ontario before any of you knew who she was. And then you just get to make fun of your friends. Like, isn't that what friendship is? And for those of you who are dating right now, I feel like it's like, you know, guys are always like, oh, I want a girl who like knows how to talk about sports. Imagine when they're like going off about whatever, like, let's say they love like the Montreal Canadiens. You're like, well, that's nice, sweetie. But have you heard about this and this player in the women's sports league? Like clearly you don't know anything about hockey and then you can school them. My favorite thing to do is like, if I'm on Twitter and some guy will be like, oh, like, you don't know what you're talking about hockey. Like, can you name like six players on this team? And I'm like, can you name six players from the Canadian women's Olympic team? Like that's hot. I'm like, yeah, number one, if you can, like, that's a really attractive quality, but also like, you know, you can't, like, I know all the NHL players. Like I can, I can name that. I can answer your question. Why can't you answer mine? I know more about sports than you maybe. Show them up. Honestly. And like, as well, especially if you're with a girl who's maybe not super into sports. Like if you take her to a woman in sports game, like a female hockey game, like, I feel like that would be so much more relatable because at the very least you're kind of learning about it together. Yeah, it's like a fun thing. And like learn the players together and then together you can choose your favorite player. Like that sounds like a super cute start to a relationship to me. That's a good idea. And it's not going to cost you so much money for tickets either. If you go to OHL games, it's like what, 50 bucks, 20, 50 bucks to go to a game. You go to like a junior women's game, like five, 10 bucks to get in the door. Like when I used to go watch the um the women play at Western all the time because I was covering them. But then sometimes I just go with my friends it's like five bucks and then you just like a beer garden that's so fun it's a super cheap sports date that you can do like I'm actually like really like thinking about this like no like this is I think next time I go on a date like six years from now whenever COVID's end over this is what I'm gonna do that sounds like super cute I would love to do that I would love to do that too I'm gonna remember that and I'm gonna do it everyone should do it and then like tweet us and let us know (laughs) we want to know how your hockey dates go (laughs) Yes, let us know before we do it. Like, if it's a bad idea, I want to know before I try it. Before so we go. I do it and then tweet me and you let me know how it goes. Okay, so 
I think for our last little segment, it would be fun to talk about something that I know nothing about. And Claire, you said you know a little bit about football. I know the bare minimum about football. Okay, because I know nothing. Like I don't get like the touchdown and like the rules. You know, there's like field goals and markings yes. on the field. I don't understand any of it. Like at all. I've never watched a full football game in my life. This is like super funny because I like football is one of those sports where I'm just like, it's just vibes. You just do what you kind of feel like you need to do. You know, there's all these people on their team, all the people on your team, and you just need to get past them. Like, there's like a little end zone and it's always painted a different color. And if you hold the ball when you're in the zone, that's you get a point. You get six points. Six points. Okay. I think it's six points. So, like, so a touchdown can be seven points. Okay. okay. But you get six points for a touchdown, and then you have to try and kick the ball through the things. Every time you get a touchdown, you kick it through the things? I'm pretty sure. And then there's other opportunities to kick. Okay. Okay. Maybe you don't want to, like, maybe it's, like, because there's downs, so you only get a certain number of tries or chances to run yeah, the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. And then yeah. when you when you kick it, it's, like, in, like, the little, like, metal pole thing. Yeah. And it's only one point. But then, like, if you're, like, running out of downs and you're, like, well, we might as well get a point, you might just kick it. I think that's a thing. That's for shits. Just like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. And then there's like a whole thing with taking a knee, but that's like the difference between Canadian football and American football. Pretty much, I think there's like different amounts of players, fewer downs and a bigger field or something like that. Just the same, except worse. Essentially, don't tell my uncle I said that he's a diehard Rough Riders fan. Yeah, and then that's how you get points. Yeah, and then the team with the most points does in fact win the football match, if you will. It's like super funny when people ask me about football because I actually coached football (laughs) at some for like a couple years and I have no idea like we our our touchdown system was you got one point for a touchdown but then we didn't have the uprights to kick so you got an extra point if you had a really cool team celebration but it had to be as a team everyone had to be involved see that's what I'm here for like that's I'm here for that and like so we would give them 10 minutes before games we'd be like okay you can do like a little warm-up a pre-game we'd always play games on championship Fridays mm-hmm. that's why there were championship Fridays and we go okay you get 10 minutes you can warm up come up with some plays and also some set celebrations we know you know you need you need a plan and so like they would do they they would all sit down and line up and like canoe together or they would do like bicycles or like one kid actually pulled off like the dirty dancing where you like lifted another kid up oh no way I was like okay put him down but also (laughs) definitely getting the point like that's actually so fun but that's not how it works in professional football I'm told I think it would be way more entertaining. Could you imagine? And like, like, there's the whole thing where like the NFL, they, for a long time, you got like penalized for celebrating touchdowns. I love it when you're like watching hockey and the guys like making arm gestures and like, they're so excited and they like throw their gloves down. Like who doesn't love a little passion? I remember the CFL, one of the greatest all-time celebrations I saw was they lifted a dude up, like two guys lifted him up by his arms and legs. And then a fourth guy came under and did limbo. See, I love that. Let's do that. I think that's what football needs. Football, football needs a little, little excitement. I remember um, reading somewhere that like in a four hour football game, it'll be like 13 minutes of actual game time. What, what's the rest? Just making plays, whistles, commercials. Like the Super Bowl, I never watched a full Super Bowl. I'd watch the commercials later and like maybe I'll watch the halftime show. I kind of love watching Super Bowls with guy friends. Like, I know enough about football to know exactly the questions to ask to like really piss them off <laughs> I'll be like hey that was offsides and they'll be like no and I'm like no like I know that's offside bro like, no the line of scrimmage is like and just like throw out like random words where it's like oh but you're just trying to fuck with us like stop 
That's actually so funny. I want to go to a Super Bowl party and just piss a bunch of people off. It's like, honestly, when, when like you get those guys who are like, okay, well like name five players on the Pats or like whatever it, you're not going to change their mind that like you deserve to be watching this game. So it's fun yeah. to just make them angry and just kind <laughs> of like reinforce what they already think about you. Cause I think you're dumb regardless. So you might as well really yeah. play into it and piss them off like a bonus. Like, yeah. Cause you can tell them all the, like they'll ask you questions and you can answer all the questions. I'll be like, it's so rare to like meet a girl in sports who like genuinely cares. And then you end up feeling worse. Like, that's what I find is, like, when guys question me like that, and then, like, if I give them the right answer, they're like, wow, like, how rare. I'm like, this You're is not so- like other girls. <laughs> no, that's not the compliment you think it is. No. no. Weird, and you feel okay. So I'm just going to make you really angry, and it's going to be funny. But, yeah, if you're ever in a situation where a guy's questioning you about your football knowledge, say random words. If only everyone lived their life like athletes with no drama whatsoever. <laughs> Oh man, so right now actually in the NHL, there's one player who's about to have, so every now and then, okay, so when training camp opens, it's always best shape of your life season, you find mm-hmm. players are in the best shape of their life, and there's always like a handful where their agent will be like, well, they're in the best shape of their life, and it's always, you know, players coming up on like contracts, mm-hmm. um, but for fight season now, so TSN announced their projected Olympic roster for 2022, this is a year away. Mm-hmm. And hypothetically, we don't know if the Olympics are happening because of COVID. Yeah. And Drew Dowdy, who I believe has been on two Team Canada's now, and is also now bad at defense, got left off the list. And he like he's on a really bad team. He doesn't play good defense. And he's like having like a temper tantrum. And he's like, this is all concocted by the media that I'm not good at defense. Like you ask my Fake peers, news. like they think that yeah, like essentially. And everyone's like, dude, like literally nobody asks you. And it's not that like, we think you're bad at defense. It's just that we don't think you're a top eight defender for Canada. Like you can still be good at defense. And, but he's like, no, the media, like creating this narrative. Oh, gosh. Anyways, I'm really looking forward to watching him be bad at defense again. Cause his team's not any better. And so he can still be bad at defense. Like it's so funny. And he's got like random beef. He's like also past 30. So like, he's a man. Oh, so he's like older. He's older. Like, he's been playing in this league for, like, like he won a Stanley Cup with the Kings in, like, 2012. I feel like these older people, they don't understand, like, the power of social media beef. I feel like, you know, like, the younger kids are way more, like, careful or cautious, you know? But the older generation, they don't, they, they don't think they understand. Yeah, like, they don't really understand how it works. Like, one person's opinion, like, it's not fact that it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, doesn't really understand that, like, and I feel like he doesn't understand people are making fun of him for this. So there's this one player. Um, Chuck, who is like, I've been told, attractive in a rat kind of way. He, like, he looks like a rat. I don't know. I don't see it. We stand Remy. Remy the rat tattooy. Also, side note, but that musical immediately stopped being cool once it was actually made. Did they actually make it? Yeah, they like streamed it on New Year's Eve or something. And I was like, and I saw a TikTok of it. And I'm like, this is immediately so cringy. No, that sucks. I hate it. It's canceled. Yeah, and, like, everyone was saying, like, once they start making it, like, it's not going to be, like, good anymore. It's going to be cringy. It's going to be, like, the new Cats. Okay, also, okay, so there's, like, all these different musicals happening on TikTok that aren't aware of each other. So, do you know My Immortal? It's, like, a very famous Harry Potter fan fiction. Okay. Where it's, like, this girl created, like, a character for herself, and she's, like, a, like, a goth vampire kind of thing at Hogwarts and, like, falls in love with Draco. I don't know. I've never read it. This is what gave birth. Like, this is the first really famous piece of fan fiction. And they're making a musical out of it. And it's like My Chemical Romance, like that kind of vibe. Like very angsty, like scene kid 2009. 
That's so funny. Uh, and so they're making that too. So like, I, 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 that's one where I'm like, no, that's not cringy if they make it. I need to see that. Yeah, I'm kind of like, hmm. Yeah, it's super intriguing. Anyways, that was a total tangent and I totally forgot. Oh, we were talking about Matthew Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, like Drew Doughty, this like grown man has like decided he has beef with this like 20 year old player. It's so embarrassing. And whenever they play each other, he's just like, yo, fuck this kid. And, he, <laughs> and then like the player, like Matthew Chuck is just like, yeah, man, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's because we beat him last time we played him. And he's like, no, there's no we, this isn't teams. This is fuck you. This one specific, like, it's, it's not like a Kings and Flames rivalry. Like, it's not the teams. It is Drew Doughty beefing with this child who plays on the Flames. He doesn't have a problem with the team. It's the one player. More of that, honestly, though, like, I think that's a really smart way to market. Because hockey does a really bad job of marketing their athletes. Like, in the NFL, they market their athletes. The NBA does an amazing job of marketing their mm, athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron is the face of the NBA, right? Yeah. And they do have, like, personal, like, vendettas. Like, every time Toronto plays San Antonio, people are talking about Lowry versus DeRozan. I don't know if you know these players. Lowry, familiar. He, he played for Toronto, the Raptors. So for Toronto, DeRozan was like his best friend and they were like the two star players and then DeRozan got traded to San Antonio which brought Kawhi to Toronto which brought the championship to Toronto ah got you got you whenever they play it's like a Lowry versus DeRozan or it was Kawhi versus his old team yeah like it wasn't a team rivalry it was only there because of the players and I feel like the NHL could like definitely benefit from that any brain they would like like uh there's a Canadian division in the NHL this year and this Matthew Chuck kid has a brother who plays on Ottawa. Now, normally they would only play each other twice a year because they're in different conferences, but now they're in the same division. They're going to play each other 10 times. These two teams have no rivalry, but like you can play into the sibling rival and like everyone's making fun of them just being like, they're going to be pushing like, get off, get off. That would be so much fun to just like to market that, be like sibling rivalry and interview the parents who you're cheering for. You should pitch that. I should. Hit up the coaches, hit up the owners of the league's personal rivalries like that there's just so much opportunity the NHL has completely fucked up their playoff format because they want to have divisional rivalries because they really focus on team rivalries and team rivalries are a lot of fun but unless the teams are constantly playing each other it's hard to keep them up but like if you have players who just hate each other then it becomes more fun because like so there was a few years where the Leafs had like a player rivalry with the Canucks and it wasn't like a team rivalry. It was just the players fucking hated each other. <laughs> and the game was so well hyped. And it wasn't like, oh, like because of this historical thing. It was just the players. And like the moment the players all left the team, like the rivalry died. The league and Boston are always going to have a rivalry, like stuff like that. But like player fueled rivalries are so much fun because that's when you get that, like they just hate each other. And I feel like they really need to market stuff like that because even if you only play each other twice a year, that's almost better because these players just. Rage. And it's a build up, yeah. Build up throughout the year, and you only get one home game. Well, you're not losing that home game to that bitch, like you know. That'd be so, so fun. I honestly think it's something that like the NHL is really missing is like marketing player rivalries and like even concocting them. Like they tried with Ovechkin and Crosby. I remember that they tried, and like, and honestly, like that's where the big Penguins Capitals rivalry now comes from. It's player fueled, and like that that wasn't really a narrative that fit because they never really were like those kind of people and it was a bit manufactured but like you got to find the players that hate each other and you need to make them hate each other more I want like like this guy's ex-girlfriend is now this player's new girlfriend and I want them to freaking like rage hate each other yeah yes. just that, like make it reality tv because at the end of the day that's what <laughs> it's literally reality tv 
I would definitely watch way more. But then stuff like that happens and they like, like that, cause that has happened. Like Sean Avery made fun of Dion Phaneuf and then he got suspended for it. And like, obviously horrible comments to make. Like, why would you not then have them like on a rivalry night game? Why would you then bury it? I'm just trying to think like, what are some other good rivalries? Like teams that, you know, like trades, like players that are jilted by teams and go somewhere else. Like so many great narratives that are left unexplored. Something to think about. Much, much to think about. This is why we need more women in sports. Yeah. And also, women in sports, the best rivalry in hockey, point blank, is Canada-USA. Yes. Yes. It is the best rivalry in hockey right now because they're the only two really competitive teams. Finland's in there. Russia, Sweden, kind of on the bubble. Um, But, like, because it's been the same players and the same teams playing for every gold medal for Mm -hmm. the last year, these teams know each other personally and they fucking hate each other when like and you can tell that they've got personal beef with personal people like it's not just oh Canada USA it is like that that bitch hit me ago I'm gonna hit her back right now like it is so much fun to watch because there is and like there's just so much passion Mm -hmm. and the women they are playing for the passion of the game and the love of the game not playing to get paid they're playing because they love it which is so exciting to watch it's so much better when people care about what they're doing you know, like you can tell when somebody's like playing because they're getting paid $10 million. And I think that's something as well with like younger players because a lot of younger players are getting these huge contracts and they just don't care because they've got these contracts and they're making all this money. But you're going to get to an age where you're going to realize you didn't win a Stanley Cup. And at that point, you're not going to have your youth to rely on. I think that's honestly a big problem with the Leafs is that they just think that they've got too much future ahead of them. You know, they're like, oh, we're building for the future. And it's like, well, the future's kind of now. You got to win or else you might never win. That's my, those are my thoughts on the Leafs. We love a hot take. We love a hot take. Thank you so much for joining us today, Claire. I feel like I definitely learned a lot. I'm going to try and find a women's team to watch. Watch the Toronto Six. Because like they're a new team. Okay. Like there's expectations obviously, but, and it's a bubble. So if you don't like them, well, the season's going to be over in three weeks anyways. Okay, no harm, no foul. I'll check it out. And Claire, where can everyone find you if they're interested in learning more about you? If they want to learn more about me, um, I'm most active on Twitter. So my handle for that is at Claire Palmster, C-L-A-I-R-E-P-A-L-M-S-T-E-R. And she's really funny. She is. I like a lot of her tweets. Thank you. Yeah. And then if you want to read more about some of the sports that I cover, um, you can find my Pucker Up articles and like a link to the account that I run for Toronto there. It's in my bio. Um, And I've got a couple, I think I've got an article about lacrosse pinned on my profile right now. Very interesting article, in my opinion. Thank you so much for having me and letting me ramble. Always. It's been a real pleasure having you on, Claire. And to everyone listening, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Before we go, I just want to say a quick thank you to Ixen Music for letting me use his beautiful song, Ocean. If you want to hear more from Ixen, you can find his music on SoundCloud at I-K-S-O-N or YouTube, Ixen Music, or on Instagram at I-K-S-O-N. Thanks, guys. <laughs>